You're listening to Checking In, a self-help book club hosted by Adam and Amber, where we read self-help books each week and sit down to talk about them. Disclaimer, the opinions recorded on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the authors mentioned here. Hey folks, welcome back to Checking In, a self-help book club with Adam and Amber. How are you doing today, Amber? Let's check in. Um, I'm good. It's really cold. Yeah, it's really cold outside and it's for our listeners, it's after uh January 1st. So, uh happy new year to oh, our listeners. Yeah. We missed Christmas. We forgot to wish you a merry Christmas, Kwanzaa. <laughs> Happy holidays in general. <laughs> I'm uh, feeling like uh, under the weather. And I don't mean that like, oh, I'm feeling under the weather. I feel like the weather has got me under it. Mm. <laughs> like tired, yeah. inflamed. Like my head, my brain feels kind of hot. Yeah. Which is not a great sign if you know me or are around me. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to um, we're going to get through today's uh, book today with uh, you know we've got our little hurdles of the weather and feeling kind of low energy. We'll do our best. <laughs> today's episode is about the extremely requested, the highly sensitive person by Elaine Aaron. Yeah. You had a you actually did a poll online about this. What was tell me about that? Oh, because um, I don't manage the accounts or anything. I just talk. <laughs> um, so we had a poll, just like what books would you like to have us cover next? And um, obviously, the body keeps the score was the most requested, and then the second most was a highly sensitive person. Okay, so I was I was so we off had like, by one. Well, we had like a a group of like eight books, and those a two. stable of books, yeah, binders full of books, <laughs> if you <laughs> will. <laughs> anyway, this is highly requested. It's not the most highly requested, but it's pretty darn highly requested. And as kind of like. The body keeps the score, which was also highly requested. Again, I'm, uh, I'm a little wondering like why this is so popular. <laughs> I mean, I, I have think heard of I it. Know, I think I know why. I don't think it's quite as popular as the body keeps the score, but I have heard Nothing's of it. Nothing's as popular as that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's more popular than Jesus. <laughs> um, I. But I have rem- a lot of people, a lot of therapists have, have recommended this one to me. A lot of therapists have recommended it to mm-hmm. you? How many are we talking about here, Amber? I mean, like... Between a dozen and 20? No. Or, okay. Like three. Okay. <laughs> okay. Back down to normal numbers. Yeah. For for having a book recommended to you. Well, I mean, like, I don't have that many therapists. Like, I've had, you know, I keep them till I move. Right. <laughs> and then you create a, a curate a new stable of therapists. No, I have told my therapist like each time, like I've moved to Nashville and then now Atlanta, like I have, I usually have a team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like my band with our music team, you know, you got to have your people that help you out I with have, your shit. Yeah. Like I have my, you know, the psychiatrist or like a psychiatric nurse practitioner that will prescribe. Then I usually have a trauma therapist. Um, and then, you know, I now have a sex therapist. Um, and then, you know, well, now again, you know, a couple's therapist. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Tell me how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, okay, let me go ahead and just like kind of intro the book by essentially ripping off some of the questionnaire at the beginning. Uh, y'all ignore the dog. Uh, I think Jolene is trying to get in to chew her bone in the studio <laughs> instead of upstairs on the couch where she belongs. And she likes burying her used bones in the cushions of the couch. Oh, my God. If it gets to be really bad, we will switch it off because uh, I understand that some of y'all might be highly sensitive people. <laughs> hey, highly sensitive people, what the fuck does that mean? Well, it means uh, a lot of things. when I was starting the book, uh, my 
first impression is going to be that like these people take offense to everything. No, that's not what it is. So uh, Elaine Aaron gave us a little checklist at the beginning of the book. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's only like 22 questions. And by the way, I answered yes to about 20 of them. Uh, which immediately changed my impression of whether or not the book was going to be aimed at me. I don't know. I felt like it was a little bit of like codependent no more is where like, this seems like it could apply to quite a number of people. Yes. Cause she said, a bit. I feel like that like maybe half of people are highly sensitive, but I just feel like the, oh, little... I thought it was like a quarter. Oh, I well, still like even, even more so. Like, I just feel like the questionnaire is, is could apply to a lot of folks. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout history. Apparently. Right. I mean, like, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so here's some of the questions. I am easily overwhelmed by strong sensory input. Yes. I mean, True. if people knows what that means. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Once we define that a little bit, we'll we can be, get... if you be knowing, I seem to be aware of subtleties in my environment. And yes. I, you know, I'll look around and like, hmm, that lady over there seems to be aware of subtleties in her environment. <laughs> she noticed that I cleaned the brick wall this week. Um, I find myself needing to withdraw during busy days into bed or into a darkened room or any place where I can have some privacy and relief from stimulation. You do that a lot. A, that sounds like depression, but also, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I get extremely overstimulated and go into fuck you guys mode. That's another thing that, and I have an anecdote about that from this week uh, for later. Yeah, that's uh, definitely like a, a hallmark of my depression is is super isolation. Yeah, so <laughs> I am particularly sensitive to the effects of caffeine. He says, eyeing his third mocha <laughs> of the day. I don't know. Sometimes you slipped into. I only had one. Sometimes I'm. Yeah. Maybe I'll. Maybe this is only my second. We'll edit that out. That's an important detail. That's an important blunder that I'll need to go back and edit. No, just kidding. <laughs> Fuck that. I am easily overwhelmed by things like bright lights, strong smells, coarse fabrics, sirens, or children jumping all over me. Yes. Um. Definitely with the fabrics. Like, I'm kind of crazy about, like, what kind of sheets I'm on. And we've had the talk about the, you know, Gildan extra fuck you blend of I'm shirts not that most so, bands have. I'm not so affected by, like, my clothing as long as it's not, like, super tight anywhere. thing is you're wearing your clothing. Right. Um, at least most of the time. But as far as, like, yeah, the t-shirts, like, I get what you're saying. Like, I can feel the difference. But, like, that does not bother me as much as, like, a blanket or a sheet or, like, a thing I'm sitting on mm -hmm. might. Like, if there are any crumbs in the bed, like, I will, I can't, I can't sleep. <laughs> right. Same. Like, if there's an entire sleeve of like, Oreos in the bed. <laughs> If there's one crumb, like, I will freak out. Yeah. <laughs> a, not going to be able to sleep. B, going to need, like, some chocolate milk to dip that in. Oh, yes. Uh, okay, so it, here's a little bit more um, about it. And I'm just going to, I apologize, uh, just plagiarize and paraphrase here. Generally, sensitivity is inherited. That means that as sensitive babies, which is an insult, by the way. No, she's just talking about how like we're we're like this when we're born. Yes. We're primed to respond to everything coming at us from birth. Our nervous systems are on the go, taking in every detail of what's happening around us. These feelings stay with us throughout life. So HSPs get with the jargon people. That means highly sensitive people. <laughs> are very sensitive to external stimuli. We react very strongly to external cues, such as bright lights, crowded restaurants, loud noises. However, we also feel internal cues like pain, hunger, and memories very acutely. With too little in the way of stimulation, we can also feel bored, while too much could cause us to feel out of control. So <laughs> furthermore, what's comfortable for one person isn't necessarily comfortable for another. Stepping back here, it's Almost like 
we're all just like different people. <laughs> right. You know? Like <laughs> I just was like, yeah. It, in some ways. People are different. We're all very different people. <laughs> I was like, yeah, people tolerate different things. Yeah. <laughs> huh. I need an entire book about that. From a uh, psychological point of view, our internal tendencies meet up with our early environment in the form of attachment. And depending on this attachment, two things may have happened. If we weren't calmed down, our, sensitive, our sensitivity may have become heightened. And this caused stressful long-term stimulation. This may have increased our cortisol levels and depleted our serotonin. On the other hand... If we were soothed appropriately, we realized that the world wasn't as overwhelming as our arousal system was telling us, and our arousal was short-lived, and we went back to normal. So, yeah, this is kind of a an issue that I have with the book is she kind of switches back from nature to nurture a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, I mean, I guess that's intentional. Yeah, she's saying it's a bit of both. Yeah, um, because, you know, on one hand, she's like... We were all born this way. You can't really help it. And then on another hand, she's like, oh, this is a result of A, B, or C. Yes. What you didn't get or, you know, some kind of trauma that you've received. So let's say you come into the world and you're highly sensitive. Mm-hmm. And if you have parents that understand how to work with their own high sensitivity, they're going to do things to comfort you. Versus if you've got the wire monkey type situation then some of these stimulating things like, you know, these powerful thunderstorms or being set down for too long with, you know, a lot of noise going on, that becomes traumatizing. And then the traumas start to kind of pile up on each other. And it sounds ridiculous on its face that like all of this stimulus is going to add up to trauma But that's essentially saying that, like, all right, so some of you are highly sensitive and you're fine. And on the other end, some of you are highly sensitive and have been kind of consistently fucked with your whole life. And you might be behind on learning how to, I don't know, self-soothe, understand yourself, etc. The book kind of seems kind of more gauged toward that. And um, before we jump into the book anymore, I, mm. I'll just tell you all about Elaine Aaron. Elaine Aaron has a doctoral degree in clinical psychology and a thriving psychotherapy practice. She's the first therapist to tell HSPs how to identify their trait and make the most of it in everyday situations. Boy, does she. She sure does. <laughs> As an HSP herself, Aaron requ- reassures others that they're quite normal. Their trait is not a flaw or a syndrome, nor is it a reason to brag. It's an <laughs> asset that they can learn to use and protect. Yeah, I I remember that I was kind of um, chuckled at the part where she talked about some HSPs. Um, Highly sensitive people. Are a little bit arrogant about it. <laughs> You know, as we got closer to the end of this book, I started to... So, at the beginning, I'm like, well, I'm obviously an HSP. Yeah. I'm obviously a highly sensitive person. And then I watched myself be a highly sensitive person all week and was like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But toward the end of the book, I started being like, I'm an empath. Like, I just feel things, like, really, really deeply. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. I feel like anybody who says that is always it's always like the worst person I've ever like interacted with. And I'm like, oh, so you could tell the whole time that this interaction was unpleasant. Oh, so you knew that you were traumatizing them. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Um, you did it, but you understood it. Got it. Yeah. So I mean, you know, Adam and I kind of chatted about this book off and on all week and Yeah, we broke the rules. Yeah. Um, but I was taught telling him, like, I consider myself definitely identified with a lot of these, you might be a highly sensitive person. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is my Jeff Foxworthy impression really good? <laughs> it's really good, right? Okay. It is really, really wow. good. Oh my Don't God. tell her she's really sensitive about it. <laughs> yes. She's highly sensitive about it. <laughs> right. Um, but she she does, she lists for what feels right. like 50, 50% of the book. Right. Um, you might be a highly sensitive person. It's just a really long, like Jeff Foxworthy bit that's yeah. not funny. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of gets funny, like as long, yeah. you know, just because it's so long. But um, no, I was saying, like, although I identify with a lot of these things, I don't feel like I've always been this way. Yeah. Um, and you know, like when I first picked up the book, I really thought that it was, or when it was recommended to me, I really thought that it was for people who, like myself, are really sensitive emotionally and like. I really struggle with that because I cry really easily and I know this about myself and, you know, most of my friends and people who know me and. Well, it's good. Your emotions are, you know, right, right right there and easily accessible and you're not numb and dead to the world (laughs) and that's fine. Right. And I also just always try to be conscious about, I don't want to ever feel like I'm manipulating somebody by, you know, them pointing out something to me and I just resort to crying. I mean, that, that, that's really not cool. You know, if someone's really trying to like have a one-on-one with me, like if a cop pulls you over, well, I mean, I could care less. (laughs) Um, (laughs) ma'am. Um, no, I didn't cry that time. A cop pulled me over this year and searched my entire car, and I just stood there. I didn't even cry once. Did you sass the officer? No. I was really nervous, though. I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to be driving on your road. Um, Anyway, but uh, I digress. But, um, no, I, you know, I've always been, you know, and told my whole life, like, you're so sensitive. You're too sensitive. You're so emotional. It's hard to talk to you. Um, Every person I've ever dated, you're a crybaby. Growing up, caretakers of my various caretakers, you're... A baby, you're a, cry, you're a cry baby, you cry too much, you're too sensitive. So I kind of thought that this book was closer to that, but it, it and it does include that, but it's more like, so I've identified with the emotional sensitivity my whole life, but definitely the sensory overloads as far as like big crowds and lots of sounds and lots of feelings, that hasn't been a factor since I was diagnosed with PTSD. Yeah. It kind of seems like trauma Mm -hmm. will wake up this highly sensitive part of your Yeah. Because I... You know, would definitely describe myself as introverted in all the telltale signs, but... I wasn't always like that. Like, I used to really love going out every night of the week, love meeting people, love... I never, like, got felt weird in, like, a crowded venue or a bar, Um, Mm -hmm. but, yeah, like, now... I don't know if it's, like, me just getting older or, like, trauma or, you know, mental illness, Um, but I definitely have turned introverted. She does talk about, in the book... How we have a once again, there's it's like a thermostat for the amount of stimulation that we want and need. Yeah. That there's there's like an ideal uh, Goldilocks zone. Yeah, yeah. And if we're too understimulated, then we kind of get diagnosed as you know having like learning issues. Mm-hmm. And if we're too overstimulated you know, we'll get prescribed Ritalin Mm -hmm. when really it's kind of about what's going on inside of our bodies and outside of our bodies, just in terms of stimulation, you know, it's not a a behavioral issue. It's a, Mm -hmm. it's a stimuli issue. And I can definitely tell you that my, my thermostat has changed as (laughs) I've gotten older. Like the whole time I lived in Alabama, I just could not wait until I was old enough to go out and play on stage or see shows. Yeah. Like, I really wanted that adrenaline rush. And now 
I want to be able to walk off of that stage and go straight into a hot bath and go to bed. You know, like he really no, does. Yeah. It is my favorite thing. Well, no, I just mean like I have never like, at least in my experience with in the music world, uh, which is fairly limited, but have never, you know, been around someone who like just literally gets off stage and then is like, bye, like it's time to go. Yeah. And I noticed Chance, the other guitarist in mm-hmm. my band, The Pinks, was more like that than yeah, me. Like yeah, he pieces yeah. out like within minutes, if at all possible. And I would, you know, feel like, I, well, I'm going to hang out at practice for a while after practice, or I'm going to hang out at the venue for a while afterward. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I'm, I have self-care shit to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm overstimulated by the stuff that happened tonight and I need to like back away the fuck off of it now. Well, I also, when I was a young person, (laughs) you know, from my 18 to, you know, in my uh, early twenties, I didn't really value my alone time that much. Like I wasn't like now I really enjoy it. Um, the things that I can do alone and which, is also kind of a trauma response. Yeah. Um, you know, being alone is safety. You're not like really obli- feeling obligated, you know, to anyone or anything. Um, no one's asking you for right. anything. Right. I don't, you know, have to be on for anybody. But yeah, I really do value my alone time a lot. And um, that was not something that I ever could identify with in my early adulthood. Um So, yeah, my entire personality is a trauma response. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Real talk. So that there's this whole like self-regulation aspect to the book where she wants you to kind of notice when you're feeling overstimulated and what you should maybe do as a response to that. I remember that she kind of gripes a lot in the book about us, (laughs) HSPs. Uh, being called shy. Yeah. And how there are like social penalties for shyness. Okay, straight up. I and Adam is probably going to definitely chime in here as well. I don't have an issue with being called shy. That's fine. I have an issue when people think like I'm mean or mad or stuck up. All things that when I'm read really on just you. like trying to hold it together because I'm so socially anxious and I'm just not talking a lot. <laughs> like that used to really, really bother me. I mean, it still kind of does. I just haven't had anyone like say that to me in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I of course I had my own issues. Don't tell her she's stuck up. She'll yell at you. <laughs> like when, I feel like when I was really little, I was pretty uh, extroverted. And yeah. that bullies, as soon as I got to school, kind of beat it out of me. Well, we talked about that. Like, yeah. when I was younger, I was talking to any random person yeah. um, about, like, my favorite color and where I lived. And that's my mommy. And, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. And, and you need to get off of his lap. That's not Santa. Right. We don't know That's him. not very safe. And, A, you know, we know now a lot. Sometimes children react that way due to trauma yeah. in some tra- types of ways. Um, but I, I feel like I used, uh, alcohol to get back to the point where, you know, I didn't feel like mm -hmm. I was, uh, in the wrong place, I guess, or like I didn't belong somewhere. So I would just kind of drink back feelings of feeling like I didn't belong so that I could continue to interact. Like what I felt like was a normal person. I mean, that's legit. And I... (laughs) That got taken away from me five years ago, and I can't use that anymore. I mean, so here yeah. I am back to kind of feeling a like I'm overstimulated by uh, loud environments where it's it's okay. So music is one thing, mm-hmm. but a cacophony of like a hundred people talking and music. And someone that I'm supposed to be paying attention to, my brain says no. It's, it's I'm not going to figure out what the person two feet away from you is saying. It just it's not even a hearing problem. It's a processing problem. Where it's no, I'm going to listen to the music. 
I'm mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I'm sitting here at my desk where I mix stuff and I'm like listening to things that are a hundred miles away in the mix. Right. And yet I can't pick out like if somebody is talking to me from two feet away while I'm doing it. My brain, <laughs> my brain says no to that. And it's, I guess, because I'm already kind of so close to being overloaded in the first place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, like zeroing in is definitely, I think you've witnessed me just like straight up dissociate. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I would rather not be here. Okay. Three, two. Oh, she's gone. Okay. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> The sunken place. Let's leave our bodies. The yeah, sunk, the from uh, Get sure. Out, yeah. you know, the funny, cool horror movie. <laughs> Definitely feel sunken placey when I'm overstimulated. And yeah. like... Um, and then suddenly I'm like surrounded by white people. <laughs> or... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, <laughs> Not again. Or, you know, like there's um, a piece of frosted glass between me and, and every other living person. Hey, yeah, that's straight up dissociation <laughs> right there. That sounds like my dissociative events of like six years ago. Or just like, you know, when people are talking, it's like, and I'm just like. <laughs> so it really does seem like being in the wake of PTSD mm-hmm. is going to exacerbate some of these yeah. highly sensitive issues. Yeah. So she lists mm. a lot, as we've said, like kind of Jeff Foxworthy style. You yeah. might be an HSP if you do these yeah, things. Yeah, and she goes through like, you know, defining highly high, high sensitivity, defining what that looks like in, a, in your childhood, this list, and then what that looks like in social relationships, you know. And I list. think she says toward the beginning of the book that it's about 20 to 25 percent of the population. Yeah. But then I feel like she sabotages that by going in and like describing everything that can right. possibly happen. Did you feel like she was just describing humans at large? Yeah. By, I mean, it kind of, of felt list? again, like I said earlier, like codependent no more, like, but I think that one positive thing that I really did glean from the book is that, you know, through my life and being in relationships or, with friends and family and and people I love feeling very othered Mm -hmm. um, because, because when I was in, you know, my twenties, I really did learn, Oh, not everyone is feeling, feels like empathetic. Okay. Not everyone feels this intuition. Not everyone can read gestures and non-vocal cues and tones and pitches and just overall auras and vibes of people in the way that I do. And that really does make me feel very isolated Mm. um, because I might see something, you know, I mean, and we all have seen the memes that are like, I told my friend that person was a bitch. And then they said, oh, they're great. And then they run back three months later, tell me some bitchy thing that person did. And I said, yeah, maybe you should have listened to me when you said, oh, that's you're being so judgmental. And I'm like, hmm, it's a vibe. (laughs) Or maybe it's just bitch recognized bitch. I don't know. (laughs) So I feel like I didn't. I didn't get the empath superpowers, but I definitely got the the bit where my environment is terrifying to me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Starting with school. Yeah. Like school was an especially terrifying place mm-hmm. for me for, uh, you know, till I graduated <laughs> uh, for, for reasons I've talked about before. Brady Grow. <laughs> But, you know, there was somebody like that every if he, year. If he happens to listen. There was somebody like that every year. And so school remained sort of terrifying. And I'd be on high alert if I walked into a situation where I thought I was going to get hurt. Yeah. And I stayed like that until now. Yeah. My school situation didn't, um, wasn't extremely terrifying. It was very stressful as far as academically. 
Um, that would have been nice. Maybe it's just because I'm a <laughs> dumbass. I don't know. Like I was like always just like crying and stressing over like my homework and tests and things to study for and shit. Maybe it's just because I'm an idiot. I don't know. It came naturally to other people. <laughs> I know in my case, when I was at the earlier nicer school that I'd, I'd get like some nine hours of homework or some shit like oh, that. Oh, right. You know, but it wasn't like impossible to do. I just wish that I had been challenged in high school at yeah. all. Instead, it was a review of fifth through eighth grade. And like some of the like way smarter kids, like the kids that are like at the top of the class where I'm like, you know, in the middle t- top of the class, you know, like those kids were like really vicious to each other. Like, yeah. about their grades and stuff. And I was always like, well, I ain't even smart enough to worry about that. So y'all could just like fuss and fight amongst yourselves. God, like the, that's so weird. The battle for who was going to be valedictorian. <laughs> right. And I was like, well, you know, I'm just sitting pretty at 15th. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> like, I ain't worried about second or third. God, I'm such an idiot. What is wrong with me? I could ca- I could stand to care more about things, I think. <laughs> Very, very highly sensitive of you to recognize that. Yes. Okay, so (laughs) moving on. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, she's going through sensitive people in the workplace, sensitive people. I said in social relationships, she also talks about, like, your romantic relationships. Yeah, she Uh, talks about, like, what what your romantic relationships will uh be like. She suggests... Or if it's, like, two HSPs dating. Oh, yeah. I wonder what that, that would, sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) What's that like? (laughs) I think it's pretty good. And also she gets into like vocational stuff. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, here's, here's how you might, might figure out what career path you need to be on. Right. But the, the strange thing about HSPs, as she says, is that. Highly sensitive people can sometimes not be so good at figuring out their own needs. Yeah. It, which, I, you know, I largely am blind to my own needs. Yeah. I mean, and that's legitimate. And I kind of interpreted that as like, as a sensitive person, <laughs> as Miss Erin would probably like us to be is kind of embracing the positive aspects of being sensitive as far as just being like intuitive and being compassionate because the world definitely needs that. Um, and you could pick a job where yeah, intuition is going to be a big deal. Like. But for me, I've all, you know, up until, you know, my late twenties have always just been trying to suppress it. Hmm. And, you know, that, just because it was really, it's always been really hard for me to relate to people. It's always really hard for me to feel understood. And I always just kind of felt like it would just be easier if I didn't care about other people like most everyone else. <laughs> and maybe we learn we're supposed to be that way. And in some, in some situations, sure. Press yeah. engage on that button and yeah. stop giving a shit. Like let go, like stop caring. And I think I have become kind of good at that in some ways. <laughs> Same. But yeah. Um, so I think that she really wants HSPs to, embrace the flaws and positivities and kind of harness that special aspect of ourselves for good, not for evil. Yes. <laughs> I'm an empath. I'm just an empath. You know, and like sometimes I'll I'll like sit here and be like, I'm so intuitive, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, but why didn't I see like some of these like whack-ass men coming from my life? <laughs> There's other issues. There's family <laughs> family of origin, first you loves, you know. All sorts of things can s- step in the way of who you are and integrate themselves into your, your psyche that way, which yeah. sucks, and we have to go to therapy for it to get back to finding ourselves. Um, but, you know, like I always feel so guilty for, like, crying in front of people. I don't know. I mean – that's definitely something that I try to work on because crying makes people very uncomfortable, like nine times out of ten. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes people will just stare at you like they don't give a shit, and that doesn't really feel great either. <laughs> They're just looking at you like, I'm already at capacity. <laughs> I'm I'm numb. I'm at 101% of uh, functioning capacity, and my, my processor just shut down. Yeah. So there's a lot in the book about being overstimulated, and right. uh, I wanted to... Gosh, so I was I was microdosing earlier this week, ha 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 ha, uh, for depression, and uh, as I microdose every single day, I'm microdosing every time you've ever heard my voice. And we went to a pizza place, and I sat in an area where I it was kind of an out of the way corner, in an otherwise <laughs> crowded pizza place. And then this guy came in with his kid and his kid's friends. And oh, I want—I didn't know if it was his kids. Like he had like five kids. Unless they were all exactly the same age <laughs> and slightly different like ethnicities, which is fair. It's doable. Um, <laughs> but that's what I assumed. So they they come in, and at that moment, I realize that I'm sitting against like with my back to and chair touching the only arcade game that's in the place. Yeah, and it's like a little tiny. It's not even like one of the bigger ones. It's not a full-sized one. Yeah, it's, it's a like small half. one. It's yeah, like four or five larger than the Ms. Pac-Man flat screen on on, you know, that two players sit down at. I'm talking about like it's in between that and the regular sized one. Yeah. So these uh 18 children come and sit down. <laughs> it's not it was 25 children. Oh, my God. But they... Okay, so please You're picture... Embellishing. In what way? <laughs> Two of these children are touching me. <laughs> like, they sit down and, like, one kid's knee is actually in my side. <laughs> and... Um, Your face when that happened, and too, is like... The, a hand the keeps funniest. on, like, touching my arm. <laughs> Like, I'm not a fucking coat rack. <laughs> you know? Like, there is a whole man here. A man that could stand up and beat the shit out of your dad and all of you at the drop of a hat. So I'm sitting here and, like, I'm just going, rom, rom, rom. I'm just trying to, like, fucking meditate through it. But at the same time, blood sugar is crashing. Like, I'm already waiting for my food. And then this asshat's food fucking arrives before ours, even though he came in 15 minutes after oh us. Oh, my God. And his his kids continued to just, like, kind of be all over me and loud enough for the whole restaurant to turn around a couple of times and look at all of these kids, all you know, the 45 children that were... <laughs> Bouncing up and down on top One of, me, like of the children was your own child, How by the way. Dare you? How <laughs> dare you? But yeah, I mean, he was absolutely, he, you know, piled on and added in. And, but they, all of the kids like screamed at the same point. Yeah. And the dad finally like turned around and told them to hush. But, like, the rest of the restaurant was like, wow, it really took a lot for him to say something. <laughs> Meanwhile, a kid is still touching me. I mean, that's kind of the the stereotype of dads. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I suppose. Which, <laughs> which made me that much angrier at him because I've been, like, you know, how many times have I been the writer in, like, a parenting magazine that was, like, writing the little dad's column? Mm. Like the moms get an entire magazine and then I've got like a hundred words. In oh, the, is there a dad? <laughs> yeah. There'll be like a dad's call. Dad's like, corner. Dad's corner. <laughs> you know, it's like, how do I get my daughter into tools? You know, it's, there's, it's always just like this stupid stereotypical thing where the dad sucks at everything parenting related. And I doubly hate this guy because he is doing that right because he's being the fucking incompetent dad in the pizza restaurant with the loud kids and jumping all over the guy with the long hair <laughs> so i go from being like <laughs> micro dosing blissed out ram das mode to 
I have lost it. Yeah. Like I am losing it and I'm getting angrier and angrier, not just at the dad, not so much at the kids, but myself. You know why? Because I haven't said shit. Like, I don't know what to do about this. It's right. just kids. Right. It's a goddamn arcade game. We're in a pizza place. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go to Chuck E. Cheese and be like, I need everybody to shut up. Well, I mean, we didn't I'm go. an HSP. <laughs> to be fair, we didn't go to Chuck E. Cheese. When I asked Hamish, um, Adam said if he'd ever been to Chuck E. Cheese, he looked at me and went, ew. <laughs> <laughs> So it, I just thought it was funny that I, yeah. uh, I, I'm microdosing blissed out and then you just add in like a whole bunch of extra stimulus and I'm, I've lost it. Yeah. Like I'm completely unregulated, angry, depressed for the rest of the day. Like it, I had to come home and do all sorts of shit, including like 10, 15 minutes of meditation mm -hmm. to just get back to the point where I didn't want to like murder my dogs for being <laughs> assholes as soon as we got home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, in that situation was not overstimulated. No, the kids weren't on you. Right. <laughs> um, but I've definitely talked to you about like being overstimulated by the dogs. Cause like I'm, I'm a cat lady, mm -hmm. and the cats, yeah, for the most part, do? quiet. I mean, they're definitely little <laughs> Mungo Jerry and Ruffled Teaser motherfuckers sometimes, <laughs> but, you know, but um, the dogs start barking and, and running, and oh my God, it will take like 0.5 seconds for me to be like, I'm, I'm done, I've had it. And it like, feels personal. <laughs> right? And I'm like, they just dogs. The thing with like, the they're kids just dogs. felt personal. <laughs> <Right>? um, <laughs> the parade a few weeks ago, you know, like oh god, it feels that like a personal, a personal attack on like your own peace. Yeah, it's difficult and weird, but I it, at this point, my youngest son knows that I'll tell him sometimes, like, look, I'm getting overstimulated. And I need you to not come to me and tell me everything that you know about Minecraft right now. <laughs> like, it, please feel free to sit next to me and play Minecraft. Yes. But if you open your mouth and shout at the video game one more time, I'm throwing everything you own out into the street <laughs> in a blind rage. Yes. But that's, I, w I wouldn't do that, but that's what it feels yes, like. Would. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have another son. <laughs> used to there was there was a third kid that he's all of his stuff got thrown out into the swamp one time. <laughs> oh my god. Got eaten by alligators. <laughs> but to me that's that kind of situation is what she's talking about with the highly sensitive people. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm looking around in the restaurant and nobody else is turning red and losing it. But that's also like um, one of my therapists used to talk about the girl who cried over the ice cream cone. Mm. So you're going throughout your day. I don't know. You said you were having a good day. I sometimes will like... Something goes wrong at work. Somebody said something that hurt my feelings. Um, I don't know. You know, just got a flat tire. Just like the things, the telltale bad day things. And then you pull up to, um, I think the story was like McDonald's. And you order ice cream cone. And as the McDonald's way, they're like, it's broke. And you just break down and cry. Well, you're not crying over the ice cream cone, right? You're crying because like... The thing that you were trying to do to get back on the horse yeah. did not work. Right. Yeah. So I think that sometimes, you know, can happen to me. I can definitely be <laughs> a little confusing. Like, why is she crying right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's usually like a lot of stuff that I've just like internalized and folded over in my brain and just kind of like swept under the rug just to keep on going when I should have kind of stopped and recharged will definitely hit me in the ass later. Yeah. So a lot of the book was talking about kind of how to live. Yeah. One of those things was, <laughs> was therapy. 
Yeah, she she was like, she was talking therapy. about like how how medication can be very effective because highly sensitive people are always overwhelmed essentially. Yeah. And you may be able to take something that brings your baseline level of overwhelm I mean, down. We can't just be out here raw raw dog in life. <laughs> Man, I'd like to be. <laughs> no. I'd like to not be on antidepressants anymore because my antidepressant sucks. No, we got a balm but, for everything. Yeah, a salve. Um, and but talk therapy, she was saying, was yeah. extremely effective yeah. for HSPs. Sure. Just being able to get things off their chest and unburden themselves. Do you remember like kind of what was the crux of like why talk therapy was the big winner? Well, I mean, I think that with anybody, you know, you need a place to vent and where you're not feeling like you're wrong and you're not feeling like you're being judged. I mean... Yeah. For anybody, you need really a place hard. of like belonging. And if you're like me and you're like, is my therapist judging me? <laughs> <laughs> um, you're not even really supposed to think about things like that um, because this is a paid professional and not someone you're hanging out with. No, my paid professional is like the guy in office space that's like, man, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I usually get, that's a lot. Okay. <laughs> Son of a. <laughs> well, that's a lot. <laughs> that's like uh, when Adam had come with me to one of my therapy sessions last week. And she was like, well, y'all would be great candidates for couples therapy. I'm like, oh, okay. I think that was because we were a couple that was sitting in front of her. Oh, you think? I think that that I had thought a it lot was to just do with it. Because like, we're traumatized people. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I'm always just kind of aware when somebody's trying to sell me something. Oh. Regardless of whether or not she was, you know, just trying to sell me something. No, I don't I think so. I feel like, uh, you know, a little more therapy it isn't really going to hurt. No. And being able to have, like, common tools to uh, – it, it just because the nature of mine and Amber's relationship is like, oh, we've both got these raw spots. Mm -hmm. And our relationship works awesomely as long as – both people aren't experiencing raw spot activation. But let's say we're both activated. Mm -hmm. That means there's no grown-ups in the room, essentially. Yeah. So uh, that's why I was saying to your therapist that, like, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind a little help with that because I'm yeah. a little, little rusty on it and on, you know, both of us being traumatized people. Yeah. You know, it'd just be dumb to, to oh, I don't need therapy. Well, you know, like when I was like, catching up with my friends. I was like, oh, yeah, Adam and I are going to couples therapy next week. They were like, why? <gasps> like, what's, what's, I mean, y'all Oh, no, what fine. happened? Yeah, they were like, what? Oh, I thought everything was going so well. Yeah, they are like, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> All my, is lost. After my last relationship, they're like running in with pitchforks, like, what the fuck happened? What did he do? <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> Tell me. No, I was like, no, I think, you know, we're just like two mentally ill folks. I'm trying to like find some two, common. We're two to three mentally ill folks. <laughs> yeah, there might just be to, some extras to, thrown in. Mm. <laughs> oh, you were talking about sexually. I was just talking about my many personalities. I'm talking about being 1.5 to 1.75 uh, mentally ill people myself. <laughs> yeah. like I've I got, I've got. <laughs> I've got two mentally ill folks, one for each of you. Oh, and while I'm thinking about it, there was a part of the book that I just kind of thought was a little hilarious. I don't know if you remember this part where she was talking about um, your social relationships, making friends because... I'm not familiar. <laughs> can, you, can you tell me more about that? Right, because um, it is hard. I think it's hard for adults to make friends with each other. Obviously. I think, like, everybody knows that that's kind of a hard thing. Um, and I think that sometimes it's easier when we acknowledge how hard that is. Oh, yeah, for sure. But um, – In my case, I'm just like, why? what's the point in, like, making friends because they just die? Oh, my God. Anyway, um, I guess you don't consider me a friend. That's fine. I'll remember this. Um, Never. I'm going to keep this for therapy. Um, but she was talking about going to at least one party a month. And I'm like Gross. sitting here like, I'm good to go to like one party a year. No. First of all. 
We had a party in my fucking living room last night, oh, and it was did. just the two of us. And some dogs. And some dogs. <laughs> is that what she's talking about? I don't think it is, but that's what I'm talking about. And first of all, like, who's getting invited to, like, five parties of us? Like, what kind of budget How is... old are you people? Well, I'm just talking about, like, well, this must be a, like, a, some rich folks or something. Who's having all these parties? Um, but she talking about high schoolers. What's going I don't on? Know. I mean, granted, even when I was partying a lot, there wasn't like just like tons and tons of parties. Oh my god! Wait a minute. I just realized that like I haven't heard of anyone having a party in almost three years. Oh right. <laughs> there's there's been a pandemic. Oh right. Well, I just mean, like, in general, like, I'm not really. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I was just thinking, like, you know, my friends don't fucking have parties. No. Oh, no, they don't have parties. That's right. They don't. Right. And then she also said, I think in the same little section, she said, we're going to try to meet one new friend a week. And what? I'm like, what? <laughs> Look, I got my friends. This is not enough time to vet people. <laughs> I got my friends. You know? I don't need <laughs> I mean, I like I this new person. I'm gonna have to evaluate whether or not they're a narcissist. I have right. to. Oh my god! I have to see right. if they're a compulsive liar. Right. Jesus. You know, like are are you going to say that you're going to be somewhere and then actually be there? Are or you manipulating not? me? Yeah. Right. And then if you're not, you know, is it okay that you're dead to me for perpetuity? And I don't make friends with men, so that like cuts out like fifty percent. Neither do I. <laughs> or women. <laughs> you have a lot of friends. Adam has a lot of friends. He acts like he doesn't. But Tell he that has, to my friends. You have so many people that care about you. Um, men and That's women. not what depression says. Men and women. He has them. Um... But yeah, so I'm like, I love, I love meeting people and I love, you know, interacting with new folks, but straight up, like I am not trying to make a new friend once a week. Like that's too many. I, I got enough Christmas money, like to buy y'all presents. Like, no. <laughs> what do friends do even? Um, me and my friends typically hang out and we don't wear pants or bras. Um, and okay. we drink a lot of wine and watch movies and oh. talk nonstop about sex. <laughs> that actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> Lots of snacks involved. Hang on, snacks? Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe I, maybe I do want a friend. You want my friends. I Maybe. Are they cool? No, they are cool. <laughs> you like some of them. I definitely like some of them. <laughs> um, okay, so did this... What are you going to remember about this book like a year from now? Yeah, Is there was, anything that's still going to be like useful? Or I was worried you were going to ask me that. Okay, um, for me, I feel like just being aware of... Right. And I've always I was already on the path to doing it, just right. recognizing when I'm just about overstimulated mm -hmm. and taking measures to do something about it. I will say that before I read the book, I felt like I have a very rare condition and that I'm being a fucking diva when I do this. And after reading the book, I'm like, oh, some people just have to take a fucking break from the noise or the lights or yeah. whatever. Well, have you met me? <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, if I don't obey some of this HSP overstimulating stuff, I'll just get a migraine. Yeah. The migraine will be... Sick, and she talks about that. The migraine will be the thing that's like, all right, sorry, I've got to tap out now. And for other people, it might be like a panic attack or, or stomach ache. GI, yeah, yeah, some kind of gastrointestinal issue. Like, So she has said you will get sick if you keep, you know, repressing and forcing yourself, you know, out interacting with people when you're spent. Are we still talking about the body keeps the score? Also can tie in with the body keeps the score. Wow. Um, so for this book, for me, um, like when I had talked about the ethical slut being a little bit advanced for me, like uh -huh. I'm still in like sexuality 101 and this is like sex and orgies 303. Um, this one for me felt like 
highly sensitive 101 and I'm kind of already mm-hmm. in a higher level of understanding and therapy. You're in, beyond all of that. In my personal journey. I just felt like it's kind of telling me stuff I knew. Um, yeah. So. Uh, it was newsier news to me. Yeah. I mean, a lot granted, of it was intuitive. Granted, and like I said earlier, I you know kind of thought that it was going to be talking mostly about emotional stuff and not so much about like the physical Sensory. aspects, yeah. which I was surprised by. But it's not like I didn't really know that about myself, and it's not like I really didn't think that those things all tied in together. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah, like you said, I think it's really cool to be able to identify these things about myself, and I'm glad that this book is out there for other people to identify these things about themselves. You know, if you're listening and you're like, wow, these poor, sad people sound a lot like me. Yeah. I'd say read, <laughs> read the up. book and, yeah. and wield the information wisely. Yeah. If you're zipping through the self-help books this season like we are, there is the temptation to take all of it uh, to heart as right. if 100% of it applies to you. Well, Chances are that it, it's, you know, You're going to be able to heal yourself when you know what the problem is. So, like, when you go to your therapist and you say, I think I might be a highly sensitive person, then that professional can use that to help you in your therapy. <laughs> I can see mine, like, you know, click, like, clicking his ballpoint <laughs> pen and writing it down like hypochondriac thinks that he no. has this other thing now. <laughs> Fuck. Here's another thing I have to talk him Sometimes out of thinking he has. Sometimes when I see my therapist, like, typing away at stuff like that, whenever I say, like, a certain thing, I feel like she's saying, she finally came to this conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, about oh do you think you're highly sensitive? <laughs> do you really think that? Wow. How highly sensitive of you. <laughs> she finally figured it out. Um, so, yeah. I mean. She, okay. So it seemed like it was, it was well written. She seems nice. Oh, yeah. The, the narrator for was not great. our version was great. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so delightful to be highly sensitive. Like, oh my that god. That was actually a really, really good impression of her. Oh, thank you. Thank you, babe. Um That was like such a good But what impression. did I say, you know, freaking body keeps the score episodes, however many two episodes ago. I always keep it a hundred <laughs> in checking in. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I ain't gonna say I love this book when I really didn't. But I freaking got through it. Yeah. So. Yay, we finished a book. <laughs> and we still haven't even figured out what we're going to do next week. <laughs> Once again, we don't know what we're going to do next week. So either we're going to turn to the polls or we're we going have a to, huge list. We're going to grab something from yeah. the pile or maybe we'll just go back to our local bookstore and just ask for more recommendations. Yeah. We haven't done a Brene Brown yet. And she's obviously she's popular. She's looming large in the distance. I got, is um, she here yet? A request for which some of my best friends listening will know this one. Why does he do that? Why do you do that? Adam? I've never heard of that. And I'm, <laughs> A lot I'm not of my going friends, to respond to these accusations. Uh, a lot of my friends listening have requested that one and even just a few like random folks. Um, my friends haven't um, requested a goddamn thing because I don't have any. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. And they've told me they listen. Um, Which is very sweet of them. So, yeah, if you guys have any suggestions, always throw them our way. Um, we will keep you updated. All right. Sounds oh, like we're, socials. Ah, we forgot. I, I didn't forget. I was about to I say forgot. that shit. Sounds like we've reached the end of another episode, Amber. Can you tell us about the socials? So our socials are always... Instagram. Instagram. I mean, that's just how it is. Um, Checking.in.podcast. Please show... Please, you know... Hit us up there. I'm going to try to find Elaine, Aaron. And also, don't forget to just randomly send us money. Oh, right. (laughs) Okay, it's Aaron, like, with one A. And I don't... Mm -hmm. That's why I said A-Ron, not A-A-Ron. I don't... I don't guess she's on Instagram. If we find out that she's on Instagram, uh, we'll tag her. Oh, she's beautiful. The week that um, that the episode comes out, and uh, oh, she's also a doctor. 
Yes. I didn't know. Yep. Somebody oh. might have mentioned that earlier. You probably did. <laughs> yep. That was before Amber got here. Oh, yeah. I flew in later. I was dissociating at the top <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> you were hearing the opening theme music for a good um, 20 minutes she after She is, I saw a picture of her. She is beautiful, but she is elderly. So that might explain the lack of Instagram. Oh, so she don't give a fuck. Yeah. She's not down here messing around with Social media is overstimulating. I say that. Wow. I've yeah. told you that constantly. Yes. So, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Get off of social media and don't listen to podcasts. Um, all right. Well, we've reached the end of another episode. It was uh, so good spending time with y'all again this week. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.